Welcome to the Seed Time Money Podcast. We are your hosts, Bob and Linda Lodick. This is a hope-filled podcast that'll help you save, earn, give, grow, and actually enjoy your money. We don't hold anything back. We share everything that we've learned on our journey. Everything from being 100% broke, to paying off our house by age 31, to finding work with purpose, to giving more than we ever dreamed possible, all while having a blast on this adventure that God has led us on. And if you want to achieve true financial freedom and design a life of eternal impact, this is the show for you. Welcome, everyone. Today, we are talking with Dave and Ashley Willis, and uh, they run an awesome podcast called The Naked Marriage Podcast, Mm -hmm. which we just really like them a lot. They're really fun. Um, We've enjoyed, we got to be on their podcast and chat with them, and it's fun getting to hang a little bit. And uh, they just have a great podcast. I recommend checking out a whole bunch of books, great YouTube channel. And they love talking about sex. So if that's something you want to learn about, this is a great place to do it. Um, And just how to improve your sex life in your marriage, among other marital things as well. Right. And so anyway, with that, Dave and Ashley, thank you for joining us on the Seed Time Podcast. Oh, we're so happy to be here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you. It's it's great to hang out. Yeah. We're excited just to chat a little bit. And, um, And I, well, here's where I want to start. Because you guys have this, we both have a topic that a lot of people don't like talking about, you know, sex being one and then money being the other. And I'm curious because, you know, you talk to a lot of people about marriage on a wider spectrum. Do you find that it's easier to talk about sex or money in marriage? What are your thoughts on this? That's a great question. Mm. Mm. That is a tough one. I mean, I think it kind of depends on, on the couple. Like, yeah. For if if a couple has like a in one of those areas, if it, it, if a couple has a weak spot, it's very often in one of those two areas. In terms yeah. of like that's the thing that when we talk about it, it just it leads to a fight, wow. either sex or money. And so if if the couple already has like some some money issues, like in early in our marriage, we did like we were broke, we were in debt, we were making a bunch of dumb decisions, and it got to the point where we even talked about money. Um, it would just create this this tension. Yeah. I think couples can also feel that way about sex. When you get in a, a, a rut with your sex life, just bringing up the topic can feel really uncomfortable. And so I don't know that either one is necessarily easier to talk about. I think that it kind of depends on where a couple is, whether it's an awkward conversation or not, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And I think sex, you know, what we found kind of in the work we do is sex is one of those subjects where, you know, couples are more... Like they, they feel like it's even more intimate to talk about sex than actually engaging in the act itself. Um, yeah. I think they're afraid too to ask, you know, like really to be that vulnerable with their spouse and ask if they're happy with how things are and to really hear the feedback. And also they, they're a little bit insecure about giving feedback because they're like, well, I don't want to crush his spirit. I don't, you know, I don't want to. I don't want him to get the wrong idea. Yeah. I'm just trying to improve things. So yeah, it, it is it is kind of similar in money to money in that way because I do think it brings like there's there's very strong feelings attached to both money and sex. And so it it is they are two huge issues in marriage for sure. Yeah. Well, and it's funny yeah. you say like the similarities. I think there's a bunch here. I was actually talking to a friend not too long ago and he was saying sex is one of those things and I think money is too where most parents just don't talk to you about it. And so it's just like, all right, just go figure it out. Hope you do it right. (laughs) 
hope you figure it out, you know. And yeah. and anyway, so that's why I'm so glad that you guys had the ministry that you do, that you guys a are doing that. A lot of us don't want to talk to our parents about sex well, anyway, and that's, though. That's so a whole other thing, too. Okay. Like, I get that. <laughs> right, yeah. True, true. Again, like, where, where do we go? Like, what do we do? Yeah. And we just expect everybody to just figure this out on our own. Mm-hmm. And um, That's very true. And it's the same way with money in a lot of ways. And uh, our education is coming from the wrong places, usually. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Big time. Yep. Learning about sex on TikTok, probably not the best idea, right? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. yeah. If you Google, um, like Google sex or money, like a bunch of stuff's going to pop up that's probably not biblical. So like they're, yes. they're because those areas are like so, so powerful and, and so sacred, how we deal with them is so sacred mm-hmm. that we, the enemy tries to just pump out as many counterfeits as he can in those two areas in particular to just mess, mess up the whole message out there. Mm-hmm. And so our kids are growing up and even our adults are living in a world where there are just so many mixed up and broken and unclear messages about sex and money. And then to, to complicate it further, the church has been scared to talk about those two issues. I yeah. think it's gotten better recently. I mean, I think just in, in recent years, you know, resources have, have come along to make, make it easier for churches to talk about sex and money, but it's still not the go-to place, I don't think most people think about, like, where, where can I really learn about sex or money? They yeah. usually don't think of the church first. And so I love what you guys are doing. You know, oh, you yeah. were bragging on, on, on us, but I love what you're doing because it's so it's so needed. And I, even in our marriage, I'm telling you, like, some of the, the biggest tension we've ever had was over that money issue. And um, I think if a couple can get a grip on that, man, it, yeah. it creates so much freedom. Well, and freedom is the word because when it comes to both sex and money, there are so many confusing messages where even as Christians, we feel like there can't be freedom there, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I know when it comes to sex, you know, a lot of us grew up in the purity culture where if we were taught anything about sex, it was like, you know, heaven forbid it. We have, I guess, you know, it is something you do in marriage, but like, whatever you do, don't think about it. Don't talk about it. You know, when you get married, you'll figure it out. I mean, it's, it's just kind of throwing us out there. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and it really, I know the heart behind that message was good and, and had good intentions as far as trying to protect, um, youth, you know, from, from things like unplanned pregnancies or STDs and just the baggage that comes with, uh, premarital sex and, and having multiple partners and all those, those types of things. So that, that is a good intention, but I think, you know, the pendulum kind of swung too far to where there was so much shame attached to sex that a lot of us who grew up in that, you know, we were scared to death of it. And then it's like, you know, when you actually have it, if you enjoy it, oh my gosh, there's shame attached to this. How am I supposed to feel about this? And I think really money is kind of the same way. I mean, there's people out there that feel like it's dirt, like sex and money are dirty. dirty. You can't enjoy it. You're not yet. Not allowed to Like We have to deal with it, but you can't enjoy it. If you enjoy it too much, then you're probably sinning. And, you know, so it's just complicated. It really is. And yeah, so so freedom. God wants us to freedom. have yes. freedom and wisdom yeah. to be able to use these two very powerful tools wisely that He created. Yeah. He created yeah. it. It was His idea. Yeah. You know? yeah. So you mentioned some of the tension that you guys had with money. Um, would you be willing to share kind of what you went through, how you kind of worked through that? Yeah. Yeah, sure. So we got married and we were broke. Like she was still <laughs> in college. I had just graduated. We were young and in love and thought that's all we needed. And in some ways it was, but it's all we had. It's all we had for sure. Um, And so to kind of make, make ends meet and to kind of facilitate a lifestyle that was probably beyond our very meager income, we, we were charging stuff. 
-hmm. And then, you know, we build up a balance and think, well, why don't we just transfer this balance and then we'll get low interest over here. And that's almost like we're, we're just beating the system. I mean, we're, we're just now we're going to start over. We got a new card. Yeah. Yeah. We're smarter than the credit card companies. Um, And this, the debt started to mount and really it just, we felt it. We felt it. Especially you. Oh yeah. It it was squeezing us because we had so, our margins were so slim anyways. Our income was so small in those days. Uh, And it really put us on a journey of just saying, we've got to figure this out. Like we've got to figure out God's plan for finances. Cause I know he doesn't want us to live like this. Yeah. And, uh, and we just slowly started digging, digging our way out of it and getting scrappy and resourceful and, it wasn't any one thing, but it was, it was, it just, was several things. Yeah. We could talk about that if you guys want us to, I mean, yeah, sure. let's go there. Yeah. helpful to listeners. So like probably one of the greatest gifts our parents kind of gave us in the beginning of our marriage was they co-signed for on, cause again, like we had debt and no credit. <laughs> and so they co-signed to help us buy our first house. And it was what my friends referred to like my sorority sisters, I drove them by it. I was so proud of this house. And yeah. y'all, they called it the love shack because like, they're like, well, love's there, but it's like barely yeah. standing. There were literally squirrels, like, like had residents. The, the house there. was, we paid oh $49,000 for Whoa. this house. So just to give you an idea. Like it was ready for the wrecking what? ball. It was a HUD yeah. home. Yeah. Um, it was in rough, rough shape. Yeah. And but we so, thought we'd hit, we'd hit the jackpot. We were like, yes, yeah. it's <laughs> ours. And, and really our parents, like my parents helped to fix it up. Dave's parents co-signed on the loan and also helped to fix it up. And it was really a family affair because we couldn't even hire anybody. Like it was, and I remember one Christmas, we lived there several years. One Christmas, our Christmas present was we, I mean, again, it was very teeny, but it needed a new roof. And uh, Dave's parents like helped to pay for the roof. And it was like, I thought I was going to cry because we could never afford that. And um, it was just things like that. So they helped to set us up. But really that was one of those things where because we owned it, and fixed it up. Two years later, we sold it at a profit and then invested that money into the next house. And mm-hmm. kind of through time, we kept flipping homes before that was a thing. And my parents yeah. did that when I was growing up. So that was something that was I was accustomed to as a kid. And um, and we would stay, you know, I don't know, two years or so, and then go to the next one and um, get a HUD home, fix it up. So we're getting them cheap and we're fixing them up. That really helped. Dave was really smart in negotiating different work contracts year to year to say like, can I be paid this up front so I can pay off debt and then we'll live on this. And um, we knew too, that before we had children, you know, I was a teacher in the beginning of our marriage, but we knew that we wanted me to stay home. So we, we never depended on my salary. So we didn't get used to what I was making as a teacher. So that when I did stay at home with our first child, we weren't like, oh my gosh, you know, how do we make up this money? So, Mm -hmm. you know, over time by really trial and error and lots of mistakes, we, and then just God, you know, God really kind of bringing us through some good, some really good opportunities to get out of debt. We got yeah. out. And once we got out, we were like, we never want to go back. Like a, a paid no. off car. I don't care how old it yeah. is. Like we've had beaters for cars for years. Oh yeah. And we're like, it can smell, but it's paid off. Yeah. And that's the best smell yeah. ever. And, and those are just a few of the principles. We were like, yeah. we're not going to, we're not going to have a car payment, even if it means yeah. like driving old beat up vehicles. We're not going to have a car payment and we're not going to carry a credit card balance. Like I know like Dave Ramsey would probably hate us, but we, we still put a a lot on a credit card every month because of our, we get airline miles. Like we pay for flights. We're with you. Yeah. It it works. 
it just works. It's well, like, it works for, for me. Jobs, it's like, it's, you know? it's dumb for us to put all that on a debit card and get nothing yeah. for it, but yeah. we pay it off every single month. And where we fiercely protect because we know the pain of being in debt. We fiercely, like it's a yeah. big principle um, that we had to learn the hard way. And we teach our children, mm-hmm. like we really teach our children. We're getting ready to launch one to college. And we're like, you will not take on college debt. We will do whatever we can wow. to get you through college without debt. And I know that's not always possible for everyone. Yeah. You know, that that's, that's where a lot of people start out. Like I know our, our you know, friends and siblings, so many had college debt going into their marriage mm-hmm. and that can cause a lot of marital strife. And, um, but you know, I think another principle that we've always, um, adopted is like when you're married, I mean, it's, it's not his money, her money, it's our money. So, and it's our debt, you know, we got to get in there and face it together. Yeah. And, um, and Dave and I both really always try to look at it that way. And, uh, cause I think it's easy to be like, well, you created this, like yeah. you went and yeah. spent this and, 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 and I get it. I mean, it's, it's okay to be upset if, if like, one one spouse did do something, but I think you know, getting in there and attacking it together, I don't know. For us personally, oh, that's, that's huge. It's so much it's more. Huge. Yeah, it's There's so much power there, don't you think? Like God puts you together, yes. and so when you join forces as a team, it moves it faster, so much or moves it forward so much faster, right? Absolutely, yes. definitely. Yeah, that's what we saw for sure. Yeah. And I think that there's so much power in the unity because it's like the scripture says one can chase a thousand, two can chase 10,000. I mean, I think it just amplifies it when you guys get in, when, when a couple gets in unity. Well, yeah. And this whole idea of two becoming one flesh, (laughs) you know, it's like, cause we had the same thing. Like I, I was on my financial journey when we got, or I guess when we got engaged Mm -hmm. and then Linda was not quite on her journey yet. I think we might've talked about this on your podcast a little bit, but, but I, I was willing to go along with it. Let's just but say when that. We had the, talk, the money talk when we first got engaged and we're like, all right, let's lay out our car and see where we are <laughs> type of thing. Um, that was, yeah. Like, I don't know why or where that came from, but I just intuitively knew it's like, all right, this is no longer her debt. This is my debt. This is our debt. We're on a team. Like yeah. I'm not, we're not going to draw a line in the sand, you know? That just seemed to be the thing that made sense. And I'm really glad we did that. Yeah, immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I have a question for you because we often will get marital questions when it comes to talking about money. And I would love for you guys to just talk about some ways of like bringing up topics that your spouse might not want to talk about. In this case, probably money, right, is why people are listening. But like, how do you even get to a place where you can have a conversation about it. And how do you bring things up without triggering the other person? Like all of that advice, I think people would love to. Yeah. yeah. Learn. Completely agree. Because we, we talk about this and we'll, you know, we have our best tips for this, but like, I'd love to hear from, from the you marriage guys experts. what, you know, what works for you or what you, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, hear think, about I think a, a lot of wine first, uh, <laughs> A lot of bourbon before, and even if they're not a drinker, just slip it in whatever they're drinking. (laughs) Just slip; they don't need to know, and it'll relax. Here, just try this real quick. It's for your music. Hey, we're gonna talk, but uh, here, have this. uh, Why does this taste funny? Have this (laughs) soda Sprite here. It's different. No, it's fine. Just have it. No, I thought what you were gonna say. In all, in all seriousness, Dave always his best advice for talking about anything is do it naked. He's like, <laughs> because it's like, well, I, I've always said like, like if, if, if husbands, like if your wife said, ask you something 
and she's naked when she asks. Whatever she asks, it seems like a good idea. I'm like, that's why Adam took the fruit. Like, yeah. he knew it was a bad idea. Like, a snake talked to you and gave you this. But the reason it was a good idea to him was she was naked. She was like, hey, hey, the snake gave me this fruit. We should eat it. And he's like, yeah, that sounds right. You know? Great idea. I don't know. Like, so this is good. And that's half joking, but there's a truth in it, I think. Yes. But I agree. Yeah. I think. Wow. <laughs> You can't always probably have your conversations naked. Right. It might be distracting or cold and, or whatever. But uh, And we will say, too, that really, like, in the heat of, like, an intimate moment is not oh, the time right. yeah. to say, yeah. you know, I'm That's really tired of this debt. Like, or I got this bill today. And I mean, that, that is How literally... are we going to pay for these kids' braces? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> That's not going to be good. So yeah, no, I, I think uh, it's really important to make sure, like we as spouses, we know the best time of day. Like for Dave and I, we have different flows in our energy. And like mm-hmm. for me, the worst time to try to talk to me about something is in the afternoon because... That, you know, that's just when I'm not, I'm not going to probably be able to give you my full attention and be at my, at my best per se, because I just tend to be a little tired. Now for Dave, I don't do that like nighttime. He, he goes all day long. Like he's one of those people. He can literally go strong all day long, but you hit like 9 PM. Oh yeah. Literally. Right. There's no more projects, no conversations. Talk to me at night. Like Like no deep conversations. I'm I'm like, I'm so tired. I don't want to. Talk. And so like our flow, we found that if, if we're doing an activity, like specifically a walk, mm-hmm. if we're on a walk. Not at those times of day. <laughs> getting some fresh no. air outside not, without the intensity or pressure of just sitting across like we've got to we've got to hash this out right now. Like it's like like yeah. it's this ominous work thing instead of just saying like, hey, let's just talk through this. And we do it on a walk um, or a drive or a drive. Yeah. It, it mm. tends to relax both of us, and it tends to just help both of us open up, and it just feels more natural that way for us. I think for for couples listening right now, you got to find your flow. You know, maybe it's over a meal, maybe it's I don't know what it is for you, but you've got to find that for you, and and just kind of apply those principles. Like help your spouse be at their best. Don't don't kind of surprise them during a time of day or an activity where they're they're just totally not in that mindset but like an ambush yeah that's don't ambush good. them that's, that's, a, that's a good word but um you know find something where you can get into a flow of communication naturally about anything and we found on our walks which we try to do as often as we can we've talked about silly stuff serious stuff everything in between and it's just a natural flow for us so find yeah. that for you what Go ahead. What I was going to say was what it almost sounds like you're saying is a time where you're kind of like building your friendship. Does that sound accurate? So good. Absolutely. I I love that. Friendship is such an essential part of marriage. So definitely like just spending that quality time together Mm -hmm. is a great time and and laugh together, like lead into it through talking about other things that are not so serious. And then when you know, you both are calm, you both are, are really kind of enjoying that time. You can say, you know, this has been on my heart. This is Mm -hmm. what I've been feeling. And I was just, I was going to add to what Dave said to use I statements. Cause I think when it comes to money, when we're like you, 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 like, you know, you haven't paid this on time or you still haven't looked at this budget. You haven't done this. That just feels very attacking. And, and all of it may be true, but when you use I statements and say, listen, here's, here's what I am thinking. Here's what I am feeling. Here's what I'm seeing in our kind of a, a pattern in our finances. And, and then even taking it a step further and asking your spouse a question. And we do this frequently 
is like, what do you think I could do to help our finances this week? Like, do I need to go? Like for me, I love going to Chick-fil-A like multiple times a week. And if I'll, I'll even ask Dave, I'll daily. say like, like, like almost daily. daily. It's not multiple it times a week. It's- but I'll say sometimes I'm like, listen, is it a lean week? Like, is this a leaner week? Because like we've had our, we were talking about cars earlier. We have this minivan we've had forever. It's had a bunch of issues. Like within the span of six weeks, it's been three times to the We beginning. could have just bought a oh, new wow. minivan, I think, Maybe. for what we, we <laughs> on this. It's coming up. I know that's coming up. But, um, but I, you know, in that time, because we're having more money going out, out just to make sure, you know, we've got college funds and we've got retirement. I'm just making sure we, we try to constantly, you know, or, or not constantly, but frequently check in. I'll say like, should I lay off the Chick-fil-A this week? Or, you know, just different things, just having that communication. I think the fact that we can go to each other and when, when you go to your spouse and you're willing to ask and then receive kind of what they think about whatever decision you're making, yeah. it just really mm-hmm. shows them that, you're not making accusations. You're in this together, and mm-hmm. and you're not you're not just fixated on what maybe they could improve on, but you're really trying to see what you yourself can improve on. Yeah, yeah, I love that, and I love the the idea of being ready for the feedback when it comes. Because yeah, <laughs> sometimes we just want to hear the answer that we want to hear, right? Never. For sure. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Yeah, that's yeah, good. I love that. That's really helpful. So. I'd love to hear. You guys are 20 years in, right? On your marriage? 21. I know. 21. All, right. All right. Your marriage Congratulations. can drink. <laughs> I know. Drinking age marriage. That's right. That's right. Finally. <laughs> so, okay. So what's great about being married for 21 years is you've probably presumably made some mistakes, learned some lessons over the years. And, um, I'd love to hear what advice you would give to your younger selves mm. in the beginning of your marriage yeah. based on where you are now. Wow. So good. I would tell my younger self, buy Amazon stock right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, buy all that you can. That's, all that, that you that's can. something you can put on the credit card and, <laughs> and Bitcoin. Go buy those. No, um, I would say, gosh, that's a great question. What would you say? Man, I know it is hard. I know for me personally, when we hit the par- the early parenting years, I was such a ball of nerves and just mm-hmm. so not enjoying it. Like not, not that I didn't obviously love Dave and love the kids, but that was really hard on our marriage too. Oh like, yeah. It was a stressful I, season. I really always had kind of like, I'm more of the yeah. lay down the hammer kind of person and Dave is just nicer. I think what I would say to my, my younger self is just to to chill out, especially when it came to like those early parenting years. That was probably one of the hardest times in our marriage as far as just there being some tension between us because yeah. we we saw very quickly that we both kind of when our kids started showing their colors, so to speak, that we had very different parenting styles. And for me personally, I've always been kind of one who kind of lays down the hammer, very black and white. And Dave is just nicer than me. I always joke and say, like, between the two of us is like a really balanced parent. And so, you know, we, we reached we reached out to mentors during that time and got help and read books and got on the same page with it. So it was a really good exercise in us working together. But just I wish I could have, you know, I tell Dave all the time, we had our kids kind of they're the bigs and the littles. We had two very close together and they're now 15 and 17 and our younger two are seven or 10 and seven. And I, I tell Dave, I'm like, I just feel like I enjoy joy are younger to so much more because I have that perspective of just chilling out and not taking everything 
like the world is falling down or like it's so serious and just enjoying that season in our family and, um, and in our marriage. And so anyway, that's, that's what I would tell myself. Yeah. How, okay. How do you chill out? That's oh the gosh. I, laughing, like honestly <laughs> laughing and really realizing like, I mean, we, wouldn't you say like we, oh, yeah. we yeah. kind of laugh off more and I know there's certainly serious times, serious moments. I know for me, um, cause I know you still have a, you have a three-year-old in the home. Potty training was just with our first two. Oh my gosh. I felt like a failure. Um, actually our oldest had issues like, um, belly issues that we had to work through. So then it kind of extended his time to be able to potty train. And then you're like, Oh my gosh, I signed him up for preschool. Are we going to be disqualified because he's not fully potty trained? You know, and you're praying he makes it through the day without, you know, soiling a diaper so that you're technically potty trained or whatever, you know? And I just remember being just a ball of nerves. And I think with our younger two, I was like, they're going to, you know, they'll be potty trained. It's all yeah, good. We're, and so maybe we're just too chill. tired. I think we're just tired too. By the last one. <laughs> so. And it's, it, it's just because I'm old. But like, <laughs> like we were so stressed with everything with that first one. And and by the last one, you're just, yeah. you know what? He He's seven years old. He, he already <laughs> smokes cigarettes and has a tattoo. But it's it's fun. It's we're more laid back. We're no, like, he'll he, grow out of it. He's uh, like the sweetest. Like, no, he's I think really just, a sweet kid. And we have tense moments too. And but, roll, yeah, but we just laugh. We we just take it with a grain of salt more. I feel like. But I think just saying "lighten up" would have been helpful back then. Yes, because like yes. I ended up, you know, in our my mid thirties, getting diagnosed with a, a thyroid disorder, and just my whole body was just kind of shutting down. And and some of that, I guess, is probably genetic. But but they feel like what triggered it so early was just stress. Like I was yeah. just living with a, a perpetual level of stress that was completely wow. unsustainable. Wow. He, you had and, like, yeah, he thought he had a tumor. And, like he was convinced and, he had a, a tumor. I was, yeah. Cause I, I just felt this like rock in my stomach all yeah. the time. And, and, and I was trying to just outrun it basically, like literally and figuratively, I was trying to just exercise more and, and mm-hmm. do more, do more to kind of get ahead of, of uh, not, not feeling great. But my body was just shutting down because yeah. I was living in an unhealthy way with an unhealthy amount of stress. And so I've had to kind of re rethink the way that I do life in general, really. And yeah. so I wish I would have known that earlier, <laughs> kind of given myself permission to just say, you know what, it's good to work hard. It's good to, you know, be productive and all those things. But um, I think I almost like worshiped productivity mm. or feeling like I had to constantly be doing something. Yeah. And I'm, I've gotten slowly. I've gotten a lot better at at rest and at chilling. You have. You really. Um, you really have. And it's yeah. it's helped. It's helped my health, and then and then consequently, it's helped. I think our the whole dynamic at home. So I would have told myself that early on, like, dude, you gotta you gotta chill a little better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gotta chill. Yeah. So that. Yeah, I like asking this question because I am fascinated by um, Warren Buffett. I heard somebody talking about him and I, Warren himself didn't say this, but I'm very confident that he would agree with this, that Warren at age 90 now with health issues nearing the end of his life would give anything to be 25 and broke. Like yeah. all yeah. the money in the world, second richest person in the world, like it's meaningless, like at that age in his situation, but to be able to start over like would be the valuable thing. And so with that in mind, like I just love asking this question and trying to like, you know, come back from the end and, and I don't know, and evaluate it through that lens. Like what would I do differently if I had a chance to do it over? Um, which is why I'm asking that. And, you know, and I think it's an important thing that 
I, I think both of us are realizing this now that we're on our third kid. Because we see the exact same pattern right. of we are more chilled with the third one. Um, yes. Maybe a little too chilled. We're working on it. I'm working well, on it. She doesn't want to parent <laughs> our youngest, our discipline, I should say. She doesn't want I don't to want a discipline do any anymore. discipline. I just want to enjoy it. Um, yes, I get that. Those babies all get away with, with it. I mean, it's it's fine. It's like, you know, they'll, it's they'll fine. be fine. <laughs> <Good. laughs> I drinks the cough medicine, and then you're like, "All right, maybe we need to get stuff." Right, right. Let's rein this in a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on. I would love if you guys wouldn't mind sharing because you have so many great resources. I'd love to point anyone listening to so somebody who wants to find out. And somebody listening is like, yeah, I need to start working on my marriage Mm -hmm. um, or my sex life in my marriage. Like, all right, where do they start with you guys? What's the best? Yeah. Because I know you have a bunch of books. Like, where should people start for a few of those topics? I would say start by just going to our ministries website. We're part of a a broader ministry. It's not just us, but it's it's a lot of other voices, including Bob and Linda. Yes. Uh, And that's (laughs) xomarriage.com. There's just a great library of resources there, videos, articles, event calendar, all those things. For us directly, um, I would say two resources. One, uh, social media. You can follow us on Instagram at Dave and Ashley Willis or on Facebook. Look us up there. And then um, the Naked Marriage Podcast is where you you can find us and especially look up our episode that's right. Linda, so. yeah. And as far as books, again, you can find those at exomarriage.com. We have a book by the same title as our podcast mm-hmm. uh, called The Naked Marriage. It kind of gives the heart behind why we call it The Naked Marriage and what that even means. And um, and then about as far as sex goes, The Counterfeit Climax is our latest book, and it talks all about those mixed messages and counterfeit messages that a lot of us kind of brought into the message when it or into the marriage when it comes to sex and how to work through those and, and have a better sex life. So, yeah. That's awesome. That. Well, yeah, we just love you guys. We're so thankful that you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you're making such a big impact and you probably know that, but I still want to encourage you with that Yeah, and just keep up the good work. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks. You guys Thanks. too. You you're, got, yes. You're making a huge difference and can't wait to finally meet in person sometime soon. I feel like we're, we're I like, know we uh, need to do it. Zoom, Zoom buddies right. for life now, but like, I want to yeah. hang out with you guys. So, but in the meantime, keep it up You're, you've added so much to our lives and to the the ministry at xo and to many many people who are, are listening and benefiting from your wisdom so thank you thank all right you. well appreciate you guys thanks yeah. thanks for joining us on the seed time money podcast and remember money isn't the goal but it's simply a tool to help you fulfill your purpose and your calling And we'd love to help you achieve true financial freedom faster with our email newsletter. So if you want exclusive money tips and hope-filled encouragement in your inbox, head over to seedtime.com to get signed up.